When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey guys, and Happy New Year. Welcome back inside the Hudath Discussion. I'm your host, Brendan Boylan, and we've had a couple weeks off. The holidays, I was moving. I'm so happy to be back. I have a great guest. You guys are very familiar with him, Andrew Galato. We're going to talk a little bit about the Miami Dolphins Monday night game. We're going to talk about the Saints playoff chances, and of course, we're going to preview their matchup against the Carolina Panthers, and these are completely different teams from the first time They met up all the way back in week number two. So let's dive in. But first, here's the intro. All things New Orleans Saints. This is Who Dat Discussion. Powered by Overtime Media. All right, guys. He's back, the OG, AG, Andrew Galata. And uh, uh, a little a little bird told me we'll have some more news with Andrew coming up, but we can't get too ahead of ourselves. Uh, so let's go ahead and rewind the clocks a little bit. I know we just uh, entered a new year, but let's rewind the clocks and look back at a matchup just a week ago in 2021. Uh, and that's the matchup against the Miami Dolphins. Now, before the whole COVID fiasco, Andrew, it seemed like this was a game that the Saints could probably come in and win, especially at home Monday night. You look at the all-time record for Sean Payton and how well they've played on Monday night at home. Uh, But then things took a turn for a worse. 22 players were not available for the New Orleans Saints. Four coaches, they were all in the reserve uh, COVID list. And that thrusted Ian Book into his first NFL start, a guy that a lot of people were excited about in the preseason, myself included. He only played one game. Remember, the Saints only played two of the three games because of Hurricane Ida. And there was a lot of people excited to see what this kid from Notre Dame could do, the winningest quarterback in Notre Dame's history. And it, it didn't go so well. And there were a lot of Saints fans, Saints Twitter, some of the groups on Facebook even that were very upset with Ian Book, saying Book wasn't the answer. Um, I got messages that said, essentially, let's release the guy. He's not a quarterback. He's no good. And yes, there's overreaction Mondays. In this case, it would have been overreaction Tuesday. But you and I talked about this in private a little bit, and I want to talk about it now. There is no possible way we can blame you and I, the media, analysts, writers, fans, etc. No one can blame the loss on Ian Book because think about the position he was thrusted into. Bob Rose and I talked about this with our pregames and halftime shows with the Saints News Network and even in some of our articles. Ian Book was not supposed to touch the field this year, regardless of what happened. I mean, look, the Saints had the worst luck they could in terms of the quarterback position this year with Jameis's injury. And then, of course, you know, Simeon didn't play too well. Uh, Taysom was doing okay, and then everybody gets COVID except for Ian Book. Outside of that crazy situation that actually happened, there was no way Ian Book was going to see the field this year. 
Uh, and he gets thrusted in this position. And on top of that, he's without his two starting tackles. And the Saints were literally signing guys off the streets. And what I mean by that, literally signing someone to the practice squad earlier in the day and then elevating them to the active roster. I mean, it doesn't get much more <laughs> real than that in terms of signing guys off the streets. I can't put this one on Ian Book, but I would love uh, to hear your thoughts on it. No, you obviously can't put this on him. I mean, so many guys are out. I mean, you know, you, you can't even – this offensive line was so, so bad. I mean, turnstiles could have done better than this offensive line at some points in this game, and it's no disrespect to, you know, the guys that were really signed off the street. Talk about a guy like Caleb Benedock who didn't play very well. You, you can just go through the list. And guys, like, I think they were on, like, their seventh tackle. I think there was something crazy like that. So, because of COVID injuries – Again, it, it was just a game to forget and a game to forget for Ian Book. Now, he has, I think, issues, and he was – I mean, look, he didn't play very well. I mean, you could talk offense, bad offensive line, not bad offensive line. Everything looked like it was going a tick slow. It looked like the Dolphins did a good job disguising blitzes and making him confused and uncomfortable. But, look, this team, all they have is Alvin Kamara what, last week. I mean, you could really put it to the way it was. It was Alvin Kamara, Mark Ingram, Mark West Callaway, and then just a lot of practice squad players. That's just what it was. The defense, they played awesome, really valiant effort on their part. They kept this team in the game for really three quarters. It seemed like the, the nail in the coffin was that deep throw from Tua to, uh, from, I think Matt Collins caught it. It was like a 50-yard pass, and then after that, the defense gave up a touchdown, and the game was really over. But this defense really played awesome. So shout-out to them. Shout-out to Cameron Jordan for getting now eighth, you know, sack number seven and eight in this game. Uh, so that was obviously big for him. And look, now you you, you got to go forward. The good thing is, once it's positive, half your team kind of got a bye week. So hopefully that really helps them go into these final two games, and hopefully they can get some help as well. I'm glad you mentioned the defense. Uh, 13 points is what they allowed. Remember the pick six yeah. by Ian Book. So for defense without Demario Davis, without Malcolm Jenkins, uh, some of their key pieces, some of their veteran leaders, uh, to go out there and only surrender 13 points to what has been the hottest team in football, regardless of who they play, right? You can only play the schedule that's given to you. And I understand the Dolphins have beat uh, eight quarterbacks that <laughs> probably wouldn't be starters uh, in the NFL if it weren't for their situations and their respected teams. But you have to shout out the defense. And my last little thought on Ian Book, I do think in the long run, this is a guy who could end up being uh, in a position to compete for the starting position, maybe not next year, but in the future. Um, I've said it before here. I've said it before in my writing. Very rarely does Sean Payton single a player out in the draft process and say, you know, them by name. And that's what happened with Ian Book. And it went over my head. It went over a lot of people's head. Um, but Sean Payton likes the guy. It's very difficult uh, to be thrusted in that situation. It's even more difficult when you have a whopping two seconds to get rid of the football, just about <laughs> every snap. But he did what he could. And he had his moments. He had some good moments. He had some bad moments. And he certainly had a, a handful of ugly moments. But I'm not putting this loss on Ian Book. I'm still excited to see what he could become. Um, and, and we'll just have to see what happens with the New Orleans Saints moving forward. That whole quarterback thing, that's a whole thing to get in the offseason. That's going to be a lot of fun. Yes, it will. About what's going to happen with the New Orleans Saints at the quarterback position. With that being said, let's go ahead and jump into what a lot of Saints fans care about. And that's where do the Saints sit in the playoffs? Uh, considering their loss on Monday Night Football. Well, the good news, Saints fans, they are still right in the thick of it. Uh, New Orleans, all they need to do is win their last two games and get a little bit of help. 
And that help is actually pretty reasonable help. It's not a far-fetched ask for New Orleans. But first things first, they have to take care of business. Andrew, how does that playoff situation work for New Orleans? And what's the easiest way for them to get in? Yeah, so actually just before we went live on the podcast, went to ESPN's playoff machine, which I use a lot uh, to kind of look through a ton of, um, you know, playoff situations and different uh, scenarios. And the easiest way for the, the Saints to get in, and it's pretty simple. They they got to win out, so that's obviously a given. They got to win out. Then all they need to do is have one loss from the San Francisco 49ers, and they're in regardless. And also, I think they also may need a loss from the Vikings, but considering that Kirk Cousins will not play Sunday night against the Packers, currently the number one seed. I think that's almost a given at this point. I think the the hard part is going to get that one loss from San Francisco. But to be quite honest with you, I think the harder part of, you know, having a San Francisco lose a game and the Saints winning out, I think it's the Saints winning out. And, you know, you could talk about the injuries, the COVID situation, all that. I think that may be the harder of the two um, tasks for the Saints to get into the playoffs, looking at the 49ers. Their last game of the year comes against the Rams, who look like they're really hitting their stride. The only you know reason I think that San Francisco wins that game is because the Rams would sit their starters for a reason. Maybe they just have a playoff spot locked up, but we'll see what happens this week to see that. Right now, they don't even have the division locked up as uh, the Arizona Cardinals still have a shot. So if Arizona wins their Week 17 game, Los Angeles has to play to clinch the division in Week 18 which would obviously, I think that they're going to get that win. I think the harder thing for the Saints would be if they can defend their home turf, I feel like finally, and beat the Carolina Panthers, who they're coming and banged up with their own COVID situation right now, and then go on the road to Atlanta week 18 and get a win. I think if they can do those two things, I think that the other forces in the playoff picture will get them in. So I think they just have to take care of business and we'll see. But even if you finish nine and eight after this, you know, whirlwind of a season, I think you're feeling pretty good. No, absolutely, and that's one thing I've harped on is anybody that's sitting here saying, well, the Saints need to just tank and try to get a good draft pick. Listen, the the Saints were thrown so much adversity this season. I mean, we can go through the list. Injuries, first the hurricane, injuries, COVID, what have you. Uh, New Orleans has gone through a lot this season, and for them to even be in a playoff spot says a lot about the team, the culture, the coaching staff, the front office, et cetera. So if you finish at nine and eight and you sneak into the seventh spot, even if you get your your butt kicked in the first round, you, you kind of wear some, you know, badge of pride a little bit in terms of you got there through four starting quarterbacks. I mean, that would be an interesting one to look up and you're the numbers, you're the analytics guy. When's the last team time a team that started four different quarterbacks made the playoffs? I think that list would be relatively short if the Saints wouldn't be the first one ever to do so so with that being said i'm with you you know i I think when the rams and niners square off i think the rams still have plenty to play for whether it's the division whether it's playoff seating uh, because you just never 49ers was against houston who they played this week and houston just came out and you know upset the chargers and they're playing much better football than maybe their record suggests right i mean there's so many situations i think those are the ones that are more likely to happen Now, yes, New Orleans is going to take on a Carolina team that is beat up, doesn't have an identity. Um, Matt Rule's on the hot seat. We can talk a little bit more about that in our next segment. Uh, And then they get Atlanta, you know, the arch nemesis, the arch rival. you got to go to Atlanta and and, and beat the Falcons inside of 
uh, Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Beating teams in your division is tough. Now, for the Saints, they've lost to both these teams already this season. So if you flip a coin, you know, you got a 50-50 <laughs> shot uh, of uh, going and, and making sure that you avenge that loss from earlier in the season. But again, as I said at the beginning of the podcast, it's a completely different Saints team and a completely different Carolina team than when they met earlier in the season. It's a completely different Saints team and a completely different Atlanta team from when they met earlier in the season. Beating NFC South opponents is difficult. I know the Saints have made it look so easy over the years. Shoot, they had a year they went. What's... They only had one loss in the division one year, and they followed it up by sweeping the division the next year. I mean, they've made it look so easy. And this has been Saints teams that are extremely talented. And even with everything that's happened this year, Andrew, I still think this team is extremely talented. My favorite tweet of the week, don't know who tweeted it. I can't remember or can't recall off the top of my head. But the tweet was, if the, if the Saints and Drew Brees had this defense – Drew Brees would have won 15 championships. It's, it's, and I agree to an extent. I mean, it's a little outrageous. He'd be in the mix. Just, just think about <laughs> if, if Drew Brees had a defense that was this good year in and year out. I mean, you look at teams like 11, 13, 17, 18, 19, 20. I mean, those are just six right there where I'm like, well, the Saints were knocking on the doorstep with a average defense, maybe like a top 15 defense. You give Drew like a top five defense. And I don't think I don't think I don't think there's any question that the Saints would have been the uh, in the Super Bowl year in and year out. This team is good, even with everything that's going on. I think they do make the playoffs, but these two games are going to be really telling of where these guys are mentally, because NFL seasons are draining for players, for analysts, for coaches, for the media, for everybody. You you can attest to that now working with the team uh, up in New York. I mean, it, it's a draining season week after week after week and you as an analyst me as an analyst we haven't had to deal with everything that the team has dealt with they're exhausted but where are they up here and where where can they find that last little juice that last little push to win two difficult games and find themselves in a position to make the playoffs but that's how yeah, like like the one thing I, I'll have to say, like I, I think this team, if they get in, I mean, looking at like the potential wild card team, so it would be the Saints, the Eagles, Arizona, who's reeling, and then also, uh, you know, I guess you could throw in the Vikings and San Francisco in there as well. Um, but out of those five teams, I'd probably be, be most scared if I was one of these division winnings winners. I'd probably be most scared of the Saints, just because they play play such a weird style of football that hard nose defense field position, time of possession, that's tough to crack. And we've seen it, you know, with the teams that they've beat, they've beaten a lot of good teams because, you know, if everything falls right in their favor and that defense is playing and balling out, they're tough to beat. So out of all those teams, I mean, I wouldn't want to see the Saints just because that defense is so good. And I think this team, you know, you talk about where they are mentally, this team and this locker room is so, so strong and they're tight knit. I think they're fine in that position. I think they're going to be ready to win these next two games. We'll see what happens. That's how the playoff situation breaks yeah. down for the New Orleans Saints. We're going to take a quick break. You're listening to the Who Dat Discussion podcast. All right, guys, we've told you how the Saints have to get in the playoffs. One of the key pieces is winning these last two games. I think that's the biggest piece 
of the puzzle. So let's dive in. Let's talk about the New Orleans Saints and the Carolina Panthers. Let's start off by talking about the Panthers. We all know the Saints are going to get a ton of guys back. The defense has been playing well. Uh, there's been some questions offensively. And even with Alvin Kamara, a piece that I wrote this week, is he 100%? Because you look at the last two weeks and he's only gotten about 15 touches a week. And it's a little concerning that especially last week in a game where you knew you're going to have to rely on Kamara and Ingram, that the game plan wasn't really to do that. At least the numbers didn't suggest that. So we know what's going on in New Orleans. We'll touch on it a little bit. But let's talk about these Carolina Panthers. They're right in my backyard here in Charlotte. And they are a hot mess. Yeah. Uh, they don't know who's starting at quarterback. Matt Rule is on the hot seat. Uh, the final game of the season in Bank of America Stadium, what could have been, in in my personal opinion, what I think will be Cam Newton's final game as a Carolina Panther in that building, uh, chance roaring from the stands of fire Matt Rule uh, late in that game. You have all of that mess on top of the fact they have their own COVID issues, missing some star players on the defensive side of the ball. They are beat up almost to the point where New Orleans is on the offensive line. They're going to be starting their third center of the year this week. And you mix third center of the year with not really knowing who's going to start at quarterback this week. I don't think that's a great recipe for success. And this is a Saints team that historically has had great success against Cam Newton. Now, Sam Darnold, different story. From what I understand, both guys are going to play. Hmm. Not sure who's going to start. That always works out. That, that, that always works great, right? Both quarterbacks are going to play. Um, but nonetheless, this is a team without Christian McCaffrey. Uh, I would compare the Christian McCaffrey situation similar to the Mike Thomas in terms of injury, just a guy who has essentially missed two years of football uh, because of some nagging injuries. Like I said, they're not going to have some of the biggest pieces of their defensive side of the football. I would say a lot of things pointing in favor of the New Orleans Saints. Uh, and especially with how good that defense has been, the bigger concern is going to be, can the Saints put points up on the board? What do you like about this Carolina team and maybe a player to watch on the Carolina Panthers going into this week? I mean, right now the Panthers, I mean, it's almost like they waved the white flag. I mean, I don't want to say like a team did that, but I think they're basically the closest to doing that right now, especially you know, with their COVID situation. You know, Brian Burns is their leading pass rusher. He's going to be out of this game. You have Hassan Reddick, their other leading pass rusher. He's out for this game. Shaq Thompson, their best linebacker. He's out for this game. Jermaine Carter Jr., he's questionable in this game. You have Stephon Gilmore, obviously all-pro cornerback. He's out in this game. C.J. Henderson's questionable. On the offset, offensive side of the ball, you have your left tackle who's doubtful. You're starting your third center because of COVID as well. It's tough. I mean, th this is a really, really tough situation that the – Panthers are in. If I had to get positives about this team right now, I think on the offensive side of the ball, you always have to watch out for DJ Moore. He's a guy that, to me, can do a lot of different things as a receiver, can take the ball off the defense, could be a possession-type receiver. You pair him with Robbie Anderson, who's that speedster. I think that's definitely um, a matchup to watch out for. But the Saints have been so, so good against receivers. Uh, Chuba Hubbard, he's a guy that, um, look, I think he's a solid backup to Christian McCaffrey. Obviously, he's not Christian McCaffrey, but I don't think he's a bad running back. But I just have major reservations that Sam Darnold, Cam Newton, whoever is starting, is going to be able to get these guys the football, especially with this offensive line battered up. 
and the Saints defense playing as good as, as it has all season. I think the Saints, yeah, they're going to have to score some points, but it's going to be a lot easier when you probably your four best defensive stars for the Panthers are going to be out in this game. So that's going to help uh, a ton for Taysom Hill and company. And, you know, right now, I think if you're the Saints, that offensive line can hold up. I think you're trying to try to pound it with Alvin Kamara. I think you're going to try to pound it with Taysom Hill and come out with one of those ugly wins like the Jets game was when it was 30 to nine and it was really ugly. But the Saints were able to make it a two-score game and then sit on their defense. And I bet that'll be the game plan again. And I think they're going to be able to execute it. I think that's going to be the game plan moving forward. Yeah. Uh, for the New Orleans Saints, it has to be. Because this isn't the, the Saints of old that went out no. and you know put up 30 points a week. When it comes to the injury report for the Saints, let's go through that real quick. Uh, Traquan Smith's going to be out. I remember he left the Monday night contest. There's a lot of guys that are questionable. Uh for this contest, that includes Teron Armstead, Marcus Davenport, Mark Ingram, Nick Bennett, Ty Montgomery, uh, Bradley Roby, Carl Granderson, uh, and Little Jordan Humphrey, and guys that are on the reserve COVID list that will not be giving it a go: Eric McCoy, Marcus Williams, and Ian Wolf. Uh, the Saints get a lot of guys back, including Taysom Hill. So this is what I foresee happening: is Caesar Ruiz going to jump back to that center spot? Uh, and then we're going to have another shuffle of that offensive line for New Orleans. That can be difficult in itself. But like you said, the Panthers are without a ton of talent on the defensive side of the ball, just a ton of it. Uh, and Shaq Thompson has really became um, the leader of that defense. There's a lot of questions. Well, who's going to step up and be that guy? Remember, they lost uh, Thomas Davis and Luke Keekley, two veteran linebackers in almost back-to-back years the Panthers did. And Shaq Thompson's done a really good job of stepping into that role Brian Burns, monster. Reddick, you saw what he did even before he came to Carolina. Yeah. That guy can get after any quarterback. I think the Saints are in a good spot offensively in terms of fantasy. Uh, now that Taysom Hill's back, and a lot of people are playing in the championship weeks this week. If you got Taysom Hill, you got to give him a go because he's facing the uh, one of the worst defenses in football um, in terms of giving up points to quarterbacks. And – Listen, they're, they're a defense without a lot. The Saints are desperate. They need a win. Go ahead and start uh, Taysom Hill and start the Saints' defense. You know, we talked about the the Panthers and, and their question marks. The Panthers uh, have not been very good uh, this year. 31st in fantasy scoring as an offense. They're playing a Saints defense that's top 10 in fantasy scoring. Give them a start this week. But outside of fantasy football, back to reality football, uh, hmm. We don't know who's going to start a quarterback for Carolina. I have my reservations, just like you said, because this is a Saints pass rush that, you know, Cam Jordan's kind of came into his own last couple weeks, four sacks in two games. You said he's up to eight on the year. So um, I have to tip my hat to Cam Jordan, too, because he got a lot of heat at the beginning of the year. And he's showing why he's so valuable to this team, uh, even when the sack numbers haven't been there. And this is a guy who has eclipsed seven and a half sacks every year of his career outside of his rookie season. That's crazy. You know, this is a guy that has a hundred in his career and I think has a really good resume for hall of fame consideration whenever it's done. I'm not saying it's going to be this year. I'm not saying it's next year. Whenever it's done, you know, this guy's going to be somewhere. I would assume somewhere around 115, 120 sacks in his career. That would put him right in prime position, I think. Um the amount of Pro Bowls that he has as well to be uh, considered for the Hall of Fame. So big tip of the cap to Cam Jordan. You know he likes playing Cam Newton. 
how, how can we forget? He sent him a bottle of wine um, after beating him in the playoffs. So I, I know that Cam Jordan definitely wants to get after Cam Newton. Davenport's questionable, uh, but if he's good to go, man. He's also, good. shout out him. I mean, oh, he's been yes. the best pass rusher on this team. I mean, he's, he's been so, so good. I mean, he's got things to work on, but I think he's earned, you know, it, he should get a big contract from the Saints because he seems like that next guy. And it's taken a long time because of injuries. And, you know, he came in pretty well. But everyone that was dogging him and calling him two first over the last few mm-hmm. seasons, I mean, they all deserve, you know, deserve to give him a big, big apology because he's just been awesome this whole season. He's been one of the most consistent, if not the most consistent piece of the defensive line this year uh, for New Orleans. So if he gives it a go, shoot, he's going to go against a, a backup <laughs> tackle more than likely. And he should he should feast as well. So. I like the Saints in this matchup, Andrew. I think uh, talking about the injuries on both sides, the Saints returning to health. I think Taysom Hill, as much as people don't like him as a quarterback, and I have my reservations about him being the answer moving forward, I think he does give like a really interesting spark to this football team. It's weird. You're right, though. And <laughs> though it's not pretty, I think it's going to be enough to get the Saints uh, into a position where they're playing – for a playoff spot in the last week of the season. I like the New Orleans Saints in this game, 24-6. to six. I think the Saints' defense doesn't allow Carolina in the end zone, and they continue that momentum that they've had this year. No, I, I, I agree with you. I'm on that same lines. I'm going to go 20-9. to nine. I think they're going to get that double-digit win. I think it's going to be – look, the offense is not going to be pretty. It hasn't been pretty all season. But I think this defense, the one thing that has been pretty has been this defense. I mean, the way they play, the way they execute on all three levels, it's so, so fun to watch. Very, very different if you're a New Orleans Saints fan to see this defense play like it has. But look, I I think they're going to get this win. They're going to give themselves a shot going into week 18 now. And, you know, we're going to have to see what happens around the rest of the league. But, I mean, I, I think if the Saints can take care of their own business, there's no team, you know, that's going for the seventh spot. That's like a perfect team that I'm scared that they're going to win out. I think that when you look around the rest of the NFL, I feel like whatever of these few teams in the NFC, if they can take care of business, I think that's going to be the team that does it. The team that wins out is going to get in. I don't think every team's going to win these final two games, but you know, out of the Saints and 49ers and then Vikings. So, you know, I, I think the Saints are that team, you know, I think they have the best chance to win out. Now we're going to have to see, who actually is able to execute on that. But look, I think the Saints get this win behind their defense and then play for week 18. We'll have to see what happens. But Andrew and I both like the New Orleans Saints in their matchup against the Carolina Panthers. That's all the time we have for the Houdat discussion today. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at the Houdat Dis. You can follow myself, Brendan Boylan, on Twitter and Instagram at BT Boylan. And Andrew, where can everyone find you? Follow me on Twitter at Andrew Galata. You can basically follow everything that I'm doing on there. So, you know, if any work that I'm doing, Giants, you know, Saints, whether it be across the NFL, college, that's where you can find all my work. Yeah, Andrew's becoming a seasoned vet in terms of uh, finding work from all over. <laughs> Analyst uh, for NCAA football, for the radio, doing work with the New York Giants, obviously, is his work here with the Houdet Discussion and Saints News Network. Uh, Andrew, you came in your own this year. I hope 2022 offers uh, some more great things in your future. Really looking forward uh, to some of the news we have and uh, look forward to working with you again here soon. Thanks so much for hopping on the podcast. 
No, thank you for having me. Always a ton of fun. And uh, yeah, Happy New Year to everyone as well. Definitely should be a fun, fun 2022. And we'll see what the Saints team has in store. I mean, because 2021 was a hell of a roller coaster ride, starting all the way back, you know, in the 2020 season with Drew Brees. And to think that it was only a year ago that Drew Brees was starting the game for the Saints, it's just mind boggling because this has just been a roller coaster season for the Saints. And we'll see what happens in 2022. This has felt like a two or three seasons thrown into one. <laughs> Uh, for New Orleans. So we'll have to see how they close it out. Again, thanks so much for tuning in to the Houdat discussion, and we'll see you next time.